Good morning. Exciting news that uh, next week we'll be getting a Sabbath school study. I just realized that since we're going to be using this next weekend is not the first of April. So uh, I don't know what we'll be doing, but the Sabbath school program will begin at Oh, that clock hasn't been reset. It had me completely fooled. At 10 o'clock, at 10 o'clock, we will gather together to study God's word. Um, beyond that, it's all discussable. So if you're interested, there are some of these out in the little wooden doohickey out in the porch as you leave. Uh, and if not, we'll have more next week. But please come and join us next week for the beginning of a Sabbath school program. Thanks, Lynn. Your smiling faces. Uh, it's good to see you. Some uh, prayer requests. Uh, Mr. Viking is Mr. Okay, he's fine. Um, so yeah, I'm not mentioning him to. I think that we should continue to pray for everybody. But uh, I was trying to find him in the congregation to see if he had a prayer request announcement that he wanted to uh, share. Uh, we have a couple of names. Uh, we have a church membership that needs to um, be prayed for, uh, so continue to keep them in prayer. I do have an announcement that will be a, a couple of minutes. I use uh, a couple of minutes prophetically. Um, two and a half or so years ago, uh, before we came down to Pendleton uh, or began the conversation with the, uh, the conference about coming to Pendleton, we had uh, an opportunity that I was uh, eager to accept if the invitation was extended to us, and that was uh, going to Wisconsin and working as a pastor in Wisconsin. Um, the invitation never opened for us. Um, and we then had opportunity to interview here and we were excited about the opportunity to work with the congregation here. We've really, it seems, been here for eight months. I mean, it's been much longer. Two years is uh, much longer than, than eight months. But pre-COVID was about 
eight months. And so I haven't really gotten to know the community. I haven't really gotten to know the congregation. Um, and so that is uh, disappointing to me. And I say that to tell you this. Um, probably a couple months ago, uh, again, Wisconsin gave me a call. And they said, are you interested, still interested in coming to Wisconsin? And I said, no, I'm not. Um, we've been here in Pendleton for two years. And we have not gotten to know anybody really um, in this congregation or in the community. So I'm not interested in pursuing this conversation. He said, can I send your name on to the ministerial director and the people at the conference office. And I said, you do what you think you need to do, but um, I don't think that we're interested in going. Um, and so he sent, the name, sent my name on, and as you are aware of how things go within the Adventist church, I get a phone call from the ministerial director in Wisconsin. And he said, I understand, I heard from that you're not interested in coming to Wisconsin, but. <laughs> so we talked, and, and at the end of the conversation, he said, are, are you interested in, in going through this interview process? And I told him, no. I said, I'm not. I'm, I'm happy in Pendleton. Um, I like the people. I very much enjoy getting to know each of you. I really feel like I've been here for only eight months, you know, and I've missed a year-ish time here. And he said, well, we have a couple of weeks, about a week and a half before I need to move on someone else and, you know, start the discussion with someone else. And uh, I said, okay, <laughs> great, great. <laughs> um, you do what you need to do. And so I talked with my wife post-conversation. She said, um, that's really kind of stepping out of what we've how we've operated. In the past, we've allowed God to, to work and move and do his thing and not shut doors for him, right? And, I mean, that's not what she said, but that's what she said. Uh, she's basically said, you're shutting, you shut a door that God might have been opening. Um, and so I called the ministerial director and I said, this is, again, my perspective but I'm interested in, in at least going through the conversation. So uh, last week, my wife and I flew to Wisconsin and interviewed. It's a three-church district. Um, a lot of prayer involved in this whole process. Um, God's will. I preached through Jonah. Remember that? Uh, I'm a one who's not interested in saying no. <laughs> right? I, I've read Jonah, and I've read his experience, and I don't want to repeat that. Um, so I want God to shut doors if God wants doors shut. Uh, and so we have uh, accepted an invitation to go to Wisconsin. Um, and uh, it's, it's bitter. I mean, 
it's bitter. It, it is sweet. It's bittersweet. Uh, bitter in that, you know, I, I don't even really know you guys. <laughs> I mean, honestly, um, two years is not enough. And I blame it on COVID, but uh, two years is not enough to get to know a group of people. Um, but you do. Uh, God calls and you don't say, yeah, but. <laughs> uh, I've learned enough to know that when God calls to do something, obviously within his will, when God calls you to do something, you just you say, okay. Um, and so that's what we're doing. We're, we're leaving a lot of friends. We're leaving a lot of um, dear people, people who love the Lord. And um, so now you get to go through this process again of uh, finding or, or looking or seeking uh, a pastor. Um, my, my encouragement to you uh, is to uh, seek with great prayer. Right? There's all kinds of people I want to run something. But if you've heard any of my messages, particularly in the last 2020, during 2020, uh, you've heard, uh, it, it is not what I want. Um, it's not what I want. If, if God calls us to do something, um, it's time to do it. Um, and seek his guidance and pr protection while you do. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the news or the information. Transition will happen uh, in April, 1st of May. Um, so I'll continue coming and preaching and sharing with you, visiting, um, next month, um, but we'll start our trip up to uh, Wisconsin in the 1st of May. So, wonderful group of people, and we've appreciated very much meeting and spending time with you guys. Let's uh, have a word of prayer before we go any further. Father in heaven, it's good to be here today. It's good to share, discuss, spend this uh, moment with your word as we spend these time, this time here, as we spend this moment with you this morning. I pray that you continue to guide and direct us. Teach us through your word the message that you have for us today. We don't want to be just hearers only, but we also want to be doers. So I pray as, as we hear that we understand and that we go do what you've called us to do. I pray the Spirit goes into and works in and gives us the power to do the work that you've called us to do. Be with us now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What gift 
as you look at your gifts, what gift have you received that's been memorable? What gift did you, did you receive? Either yesterday, a week ago, maybe last Christmas, your birthday, maybe a random gift. You got a gift. What gift did you get that to you was really very, very memorable? Can you think of one? You got it locked away in your head. Got some conversations up here. What gift did you did you get? Care to share? <laughs> okay. 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 So here we have a sentry safe. And in this safe, there are a number of uh, very important items that we keep treasured safely in this safe. Uh, papers, documents. We have a, a birth certificate. My birth certificate is in here. We have home protection plans. We have uh, the children's uh, birth certificates we have in here. Important cards, really things that are very, very valuable to us. My wife put her passport uh, in here. Social security cards go in here. But there's a gift that was given that we keep in this box. A very treasured gift. These gifts that we get, sometimes they come to us at high cost to the giver. Sometimes we know when the giver comes to us and gives us this gift, we know that that gift took saving to get. Treasured gifts. Why do we get gifts? Why is it important enough for someone who values someone who, who cares for someone uh, maybe a, a family member, why is it important that they give you a gift? What? To show value. To show value. value that you yeah. To show value to the receiver. It's someone that, that comes to you and says, you are so important to me, and I'm going to give you a gift to, to illustrate of Illustrate how much you mean to me. This gift, whatever gift you get, however you receive that gift, has to, to meet a specific need or desire 
to have the intended impact. Every time we think about that gift, it brings back the joy that we, that we felt and it reminds us of the sacrifice that that gift had. The sacrifice that the giver had or made uh, on your behalf. There was a clock that I grew up with hearing. It was on the wall, uh, nailed or fixed to the wall uh, with a nail. It was an old regulator, tick-tock, tick-tock. Every week, a couple of times, maybe sometimes a week, my dad would go and wind it. I heard the story of that clock. It was a, it was a clock that was in the, the one school, one room, school room that my mother went to and they closed the school and uh, my, or the teacher at the time was, was getting the room cleaned out and he pulled the clock down and he brought it to my grandfather and he gave the clock to the family. Uh, now it's kind of a, a family heirloom. Uh, it, would, it would tick on the wall. When I was sick, I would go and lay on the couch and I would hear the, the clock tick, tock, tick, tock. This last Christmas, there was a large box underneath the tree, the Christmas tree at my mom's place. And I didn't know what was in that box. And it was my turn to unwrap the gift. And all the family was in on it but me, right? As it should be. And they brought me this, this big box and they set it in front of me and I opened it up. A huge gift. A gift that I was not ready to receive. A, a gift that I was surprised I did receive. It was a clock that I loved listening to. I go out into the living room now at our house and I listen to it and now it's my, my opportunity to, to wind it to keep the tick-tock, tick-tock going. It was a gift that was valued by my mother. And she knew as she passed it on to me, it would be valued by me as well. There was a gift in this box that was given by me a number of years ago, a little red box. I was shaking when I opened the box. And I pulled my wife aside and got all the little things ready and got the lines memorized. And I came to her and I opened up the box and I said, sweetie, Will you marry me? It was a gift that was valued uh, greatly. Something that I had spent time uh, saving for. And it was given to her to illustrate to her my devotion and my love for her. So when she wore this ring, 
she would let the world know that there is a man who has chosen me and who loves me so much that he will spend a, a, an amount of money to buy a ring to let the world know that he loves me. So it was the beginning, or actually it was a, not the beginning, because it had started before that, but it was a, a, an experience uh, that I look back at every time I see this ring. I remember the cost, yeah, I remember the cost, because I paid, paid it, right? But I remember, I remember the significance of it behind it. I remember that it's more than just a, a wedding license, right? It's more than just a hunk of metal sitting on your finger. It's a proclamation to the world that there is devotion and there is undying love for someone else. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 22. What gift have you received that came at a great cost? Luke chapter 22, we'll start reading in verse 14 and we'll go to 20. Luke 22, starting with verse 14, it says, When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Verse 15, Jesus says, said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Verse 17, then he, he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. Then he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 20, after supper, he, he took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant. This cup is the gift between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood, which was poured out as a sacrifice for you. No gift can outweigh or outmeasure this weight. No gift can outmeasure this importance. No gift, <coughs> excuse me. No gift can outmeasure the sacrifice of Jesus and the sacrifice he had by dying on the cross. 
when we celebrate communion. When we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we remember the gift of salvation, the new covenant Jesus gave each of us. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 22, verse 19. Continuing on, Luke 22, verse 19, Jesus then again, he says, he tells his disciples, do this in remembrance of me. When we take communion, it symbolizes the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. The wine, the bread, in communion represents the blood and the body of Jesus that was poured out and broken as a sacrifice for your gift of salvation, for my gift of salvation. In Luke 22, verse 20, Jesus explains that this meal would mark the start of something significant. Do you you remember what it says? Jesus, his own words, what does it say? Jesus explains that this meal would mark out the start of a new covenant. It's a covenant between God and and his people. Jesus stood up and he said, All that you have said, I will do. The old covenant, the people stood up and they said, all that you have said, we will do. How successful were they at doing that? Not successful at all. Under the old covenant, we can really try and work and do all these things. Can we be successful? No. New covenant living is all that Jesus says that can be done, he has done. Let's not forget that as we continue on. Before Jesus' death, generations of Jews sacrificed animals at the, at the temple to, to commemorate a sacrifice that that would be made. Jesus' sacrifice paid the penalty for sin once for all. And that's why we celebrate communion today. Because of that sacrifice on the cross, the life for the Christian can be different. The, The life for the Christian must be different. The life for the Christian needs to be different. How different? Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. If you said, Pastor Gibson, what's your favorite verse in the Bible? I would say Galatians 2.20 is one of them. Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. Jesus was nailed on the cross. And I was too. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. 
The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Just like like some sacrifices, just like some gifts. They will always remind us of where we were when we received that gift. Communion reminds us of where we were, who we were, before we met Jesus, and who we became when we met Jesus. Communion is a time when we collectively reflect on this new covenant that binds us together as a body. Communion is a time to reflect individually on the price Jesus paid for us to be in relationship with him. So I'd like, I'd like for you to think for a moment. Think back to where you were when you asked Jesus into your life. Where were you? Nine eleven will never be removed from many of our brains, many of our minds. We will always remember. I was in Menards in Cedar Rapids walking down. I don't remember what the aisle was, but I can see the aisle. I can almost see what was being sold in the aisles. And someone came up to me and said, it's tragedy what, what people will do to hurt other people. I had not been listening to the radio, so I didn't know what was going on. Somebody else came up to me and said, it's a tragedy what... And I said, two people. I need to go listen to the radio and figure out what's going on. So I... I left Menards and went to the car or the pickup and turned it on. I will always remember what happened September 11. We celebrate a sacrifice that was really valid. The loss of Jesus' life for me, for you. Where were you when that realization took hold? What happened? Paul tells us that we are called to die daily. Did we have that realization again this morning of the value and the huge significance that this gift has? What's one way you, what's one way I can show gratitude for the gift of this salvation? Before we go any further, let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, this is more than just a 
ceremony, more than just a program. But it's something Jesus did a long time ago. We look at the significance of these emblems. We ask that you make real again the importance of what this really means. It's more than just juice and unleavened bread. If, if we just keep it in that, we've lost the real meaning. Take us deeper into what really it means. Amen. Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. First Corinthians chapter 11, and I will read 23 and 24. First Corinthians chapter 11, starting with verse 23. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So as we open this, I would like for you to think of Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Jesus says, take, eat. Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. What happens when you eat bread Put it in your mouth, chew it up, swallow it. Goes through the digestion system and, and it is expelled. What is this importance of food? Why do we eat? Gives us energy. Yeah. The bread that we eat, the food that we consume, it's more than just chewing, swallowing, digesting, and expelling. The food, uh, it feeds our energy. It feeds 
down to the the seen as well as the unseen parts of our body. You ever wonder how much God loves you and how much he wants to fill you? You ever wonder how much God loves me and wants to fill me? He gave us bread as a real important lesson. That bread feeds all of our neurons and electrons and it feeds every single part of our body. Gives us energy, doesn't it? That's how much God wants to fill us. Right down to the very... The, the, the parts of our body that we are not even able to see yet because we don't have microscopes strong enough. He wants to fill us down that deeply, that much within us. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, continuing on with verse 25. It says, In the same manner, He took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my body, in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Remind you again of Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, as you still have the memory of that juice in your mouth. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in this this body. I live by faith in the Son of God who, who loved me and gave himself for me. So when you drink this juice, what happens when you drink this juice? huge significance, friends. Jesus loves you so much that he died. Long time ago, he voluntarily put his arms on a cross and he let them nail his hands to to this cross. He He put his feet down and let them nail his feet to this cross. Every labored breath, he did that for you and for me. Huge significance. 
That's a great thing to look, look at in the past. Today, as we look back at the cross and the death on the cross and the sacrifice, the gift that Jesus gave, that can have and must have huge significance for us today. I'm a Christian. Jesus gave these symbols to, to paint for me a picture of how deeply he wants to live out Galatians 2.20 in me, in you, in, in each one of us. You ever wonder how much he loves you? That's how much. You ever wonder how good you have to be in order for him to love you? <laughs> this is how much he loves you. And he takes you as you are. The disciples in the upper room um, were fighting, weren't they? Even during the communion service <laughs> in the upper room and Jesus continued going through it with them. He loves us so much. You ever wonder how much he loves you? Look at the cross. Let's pray. Father in heaven, it's a solemn to remember what you did for us. But we can also have joy. We can have joy. We can celebrate. We can be thankful. We can, we can do all that because of what you did on the cross. Because if, if you had not done that, life for us right now would be uh, insignificant. Because of what you did on the cross, there is hope for tomorrow. There is joy that can be received from you. So yes, while this is, this is a solemn service, it is also joyful. We can also have joy because of what you did. Not only what you did, but what you continue to do in us because he that began a good work in us will complete it not today maybe not tomorrow but in the day when you return so we thank you for that we can have joy in that i pray that you go with us now as we go our separate ways may we remember the importance of what you did for us 
the sacrifice, the gift that you gave to each one of us. May we not squander that gift. May we rejoice and be thankful for the gift and go out and live as a married couple with you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.